Good morning, everybody. I'm Vincenzo Calla, president of the Ontario High School Conservative Association, and I'm glad that you are able to join us today. Today, we are glad to have the MP for Yorkton Melville joining us, Kathy Wagenthal. Kathy is a lifelong resident of Saskatchewan. She completed a three-year of four-year Bachelor of Science with top honours at the University of Saskatchewan. She has travelled the world and worked with many communities, including her own. She started working in politics through working in the constituency office of Tim Uphall, and she has served on many EDA boards as well. She was first elected in 2015 and has served as an MP since. She has recently gained attention for her private member's bill, C-233, which was defeated in the House of Commons, but not without support from many of her colleagues. We thank you, Kathy, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. We're glad to have you today, and we always like to start off the interview with a question and answer segment. And every single one of these questions comes from our high school members across Ontario and across Canada. So question one comes from Evan in Ottawa, and he asks, what do you love most about being a member of parliament? That's a great question. Thank you. I love a lot of things. I, I would say the best thing that I appreciate the most is being able to represent my constituents from Yorkton Melville. And that means taking their needs and concerns to Ottawa and also communicating back to them, which has been a little bit more challenging, obviously, during COVID. Uh, but just being in the riding and meeting with people. That's exactly it. And that's part of the job of being an MP, of being an MP. And we see MPs in the House of Commons and fighting for what they think is right and fighting and doing what, bringing their concerns. But we also remember that the MP's role is to serve the community and that serving the community is in the House of Commons. And that's your, that's what you're supposed to be doing as an MP. Many issues that we have to deal with now, especially having gone through COVID, I have to say that a lot of what I do is truly augmented by my amazing staff, both in the constituency office and up on the hill, because when it came to all those programs with COVID and the needs of so many, believe me, my staff really took it to heart to serve as best as they could as well. So uh, I'm just really proud of being able to represent Yorkton Melville. Exactly. And that goes really well into our next question, which comes from the OHSA team. And we want to know what is your favorite part about serving your constituency? It could be about the constituency. It could be one of your favorite experiences from serving Yorkton Melville. We want to know what your favorite, ex uh, what your favorite part of serving it is. Well, the, the biggest thing to me is representing them on the Hill. So we went through a time there a few years ago uh, when this government first formed where they were really challenging our small businesses saying that, you know, they just wanted to incorporate to avoid paying taxes and this type of thing. And I was so proud of the effort that our small businesses went to to challenge that. And when they do, when people bring their concerns to the forefront, that really gives me uh, the strength and the ammunition I need to be able to go into the House of Commons with my colleagues and say this is not right and this is not serving Canadians and we had a real win there so there's just so many times like that where I get to stand up in the house and represent someone in my riding they really accomplished something amazing or is facing challenges. 
Well, that's exactly it. And I'm not going to go too much longer on the constituency since I mentioned it before, but talking about the MP and the role that the MP plays in the community and MPs like yourself and MPs like so many others that we've had on the show is just remembering that the community is where you were elected. The people of your community chose you. Not everybody in your community voted for you, but no matter their stripe, I don't remember who I was talking with here, our 23rd interview. So I've talked with a lot of different MPs and MPPs and candidates, but somebody said, uh, no matter what, who who voted for me no matter if someone voted for me or somebody voted for the NDP or the liberal or somebody you have to serve every single person in your writing well, whether they voted for you or not so that's absolutely. part of it and once you win that that uh election you do you serve absolutely every person in everyone who lives in the in the writing and for me that's Yorkton Alvo and you know it's true that I don't always represent everybody. That's part of the challenge of the job is that not everybody agrees on everything, but I do my very best to make sure that I am. That's exactly it. And sorry for the cut there. We just had to stop for a quick minute to fix some issues, but it should be all okay now. So we come back with question three, which is what do you think is the most important part of serving on parliamentary committees? Well, the parliamentary committees uh, really serve a, a very important purpose of getting information to the government and making recommendations to how they should make things better for whatever it is that that committee represents. So I have the privilege of serving on the Standing Committee on Veterans Affairs, and I've been on that committee since I was first elected in 2015. So to me, my responsibility is to find ways to improve the way that the government is to serve our veterans. Well, that's a really important part of our country. And we know that veterans are, they fight for us. They have fought for us, for us to be able to have these conversations on talking and mm -hmm. living a good life here in Canada and being able to have the freedom and the peace of mind of living in a peaceful country like Canada. And it really yeah. is important that serving on committees like the Veterans Affairs Committee that you're on or any other committee just to really deep like dive in deep into the issue and really find a solution with everybody and hear what everybody has to say and find a solution that will encompass the needs of every community all 338 ridings across Canada with ideas from all the different parties in Canada and their input so that there's the best created solution to that. And issue. I have to say, I'm, I'm really fortunate because of course, uh, veterans are so important to all of us and we generally have a very good working relationship on that committee and, and that's always very helpful when you can work together. Well, that's exactly it. And when we talked with your colleague, Peter Kent, a couple of weeks ago, actually it was a little more than a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the importance of parliamentary committees and how you get to work together and a somewhat not really nonpartisan environment, but in a environment that isn't as pressure intensive as the House of Commons, where the House of Commons is more that debate one on one. I don't agree with you. This is what I agree with sort of in a more intense setting, whereas committees are more of a, a calmer place where you get to. Obviously, there probably are uh, debates in. Well, there probably are tensions in committees, but 
it's more of a place where you get to work together instead of Right. And you're also yeah. listening to testimony, right, mm -hmm. of various stakeholders. And so that's where you really glean a lot of the information that you need to be able to come up with good recommendations for policy. And sometimes it does get heated, but regardless, that's part of working together and uh, coming up with solutions that you can all support in a report that is uh, follows uh, any particular study. That's exactly it. And we go into our fourth question and last question of this segment. Mm -hmm. And this question is very important, especially now when we're seeing the ongoing debates and the ongoing concerns over Bill C-10 that the government is proposing. And Jairi from Brampton wants to ask, how do you think that conservatives can battle social media censorship? We see a lot of censorship and online. And we, Jairi wants to know, how do you think that we can battle that? Right. Well, that's definitely a problem and a growing problem, I would say, and especially now that we do have C-10 before the House and, you know, it started out as simply a, an updating, a revision of the CRTC, but has turned into a circumstance where it became very clear that this was about controlling access to social media, even on an individual level. And a number of the amendments that were put forward even by the government after they realized that taking out that part that protected Canadians became a huge issue to them. So we've made it really clear that, uh, well, first of all, the, the bill will need to pass before the House rises in, in uh, a matter of days to get to the Senate. And if it doesn't, then it will, of course, if there's an election, it will just uh, die on the floor. But if it does get passed somehow, we as Conservatives have said we would definitely repeal it. And the CRTC has a purpose, but not in this case, you know, we're, we're into a whole new means of communication and Canadians see this as their public square, the place where they can go and see what they want to see and debate what they want to debate and have good conversation. And it's really important that we do that respectfully and that doesn't always happen on social media. But regardless, you know, we can't be taking away freedom of speech. Well, that's exactly it. And I've talked with many people about C10. I'm on a political panel on, on mm -hmm. Good Mornings Great. with Dahlia Kurtz. And I've talked with some of the other, uh, some of the liberal and NDP voices. And I've sort of talked about how it's really concerning for individual content creators. And like you're watching this video, people that are watching this video, obviously you're here, you're on YouTube and I'm a content creator for this. And although it may not completely impact me on a personal level at this moment in time, if it passes on YouTube, there are still enough regulations on YouTube as itself that we see that it's very concerning to see if the government is going to start intruding on mm -hmm. the the voices of many and to just see that to other people and see if that would start happening it would be very concerning and and like you said the social media is sort of like a public square right now especially during covid where we can't really go out and mm -hmm. well things are starting to open up again but we can't really go out and gather with people and talk to other people at, like say an eda board meeting we go and like sort of talk with people before and after or in the community at events it's sort of online is where we are and where we're talking a lot right now absolutely and we need to protect that freedom to be able to do that plus 
make sure that the government isn't determining what you can and cannot see. That is overreach and uh, certainly not what Canadians deserve in a free and democratic country. Exactly. And that's basically it. I'll leave it at that. That's such a great way to end that question. So our next segment is called Advice for the Next Generation. And we like to ask this question to every single person that comes on our show and your 23rd guest and your there's definitely going to be more guests and we ask this to every single person. So we like to ask, what do you think that young high school conservatives can do in order to get more politically active? And what is one piece of advice that you'd like to give them? Sure. Well, any uh, young Canadians in high school uh, that choose to get engaged politically, I just want to take my hat off to you because that's so important. You need to uh, be preparing your own perspectives on things. And the best way to do that, I do tell young people quite often, is to not obviously go to mainstream media or or even social media to determine uh, what you see as the value of each of the political parties. You need to go to their websites and see exactly what their principles are, what their policies are, uh, how they operate, all those different things to determine if they reflect what you feel should be the values in Canada and the democratic processes in Canada. And then once you do do that, and of course you can change your mind along the way. I'm not saying once they're always there, but at the same time, uh, there are enough differences I find, especially from the Conservative Party to the other more left-leaning parties that uh, young people, uh, you have a voice and you can make a real difference by engaging. And that means engaging uh, at the local riding, as you mentioned, working on an uh, EDA board, lots of opportunities there. That's how I learned about politics. And if you're an ex- experiential learner, you can take on different roles and learn a great deal. And then engaging in things like the conventions where our policies are determined, very important. And uh, youth have a very strong voice and should have because you are the generation that really everything that's happening now is going to impact. So I just think it's great that any young people uh, choose to engage in that way. And of course, obviously vote in a nomination race, vote in an election, always use your opportunity that you have in a democratic country and uh, just encourage you in any way that you can to also, as you're saying today, have these platforms where you can discuss issues and then certainly be contacting members of parliament about your views. And that includes your local uh, member, but obviously if there are members of parliament that aren't uh, supporting what you feel they should be, you have the freedom to express your voice to uh, anyone on the Hill really. Well, that's what it is. And it's back to that point of the MPs work for us and Mm -hmm. they're on Parliament Hill to represent our needs. And we see you talked about how we are the future and how we're the next generation and we have strong voices and the new conservative slogan, secure the future, that future, (laughs) we're the future, us young people, we're the future. That's right. And That's that's what we're trying to secure. We're trying to secure our future and secure uh, the opportunities that we can have to make our voice heard. And it really is easy to get in touch with a member of parliament. Just send an email or call a constituency office. I call lots of constituency offices when I'm trying to book interviews. And most of the time, actually, I'd like to say almost all the time, you're greeted by a friendly voice there mm-hmm. at the constituency office. Sometimes they'll talk. Sometimes if they're busy, they'll ask for your phone number and they'll definitely call back at some point. And there are so many great people that want to hear what you have to say. And 
the parliament and the members of parliament, they want to hear your voice. And especially as young people, they want to know what they can do for the next generation, because chances are it's possible that they may be overlooking something that you think would be important. And then they hear it and they say, wow, that makes perfect sense. I don't know how I overlooked that. I will bring that forward. Absolutely. And, and also there's the, the more you're involved, the more you realize that uh, even going forward, you can serve in so many different ways. I couldn't do my job, as I mentioned, without the support of amazing staff. And so there are all kinds of opportunities politically to engage in a career as well. Well, that's exactly it. And that's part of the workings of our parliamentary system. You have constituencies, you have 338 constituencies, 338 MPs. The MPs have a team of, of people that work half on the Hill, half in the constituency office. I mean, the mm -hmm. ratio is probably not correct on that, but generally you get the point. The yeah. MP has workers on the Parliament Hill and workers in their community, and they are all there to hear your voice and to work with you. So we thank you, Kathy, for joining us today. We really appreciate you being with us and we are glad to hear your voice and hear what you have to say to the young people of Ontario and of Canada. Well, uh, I can tell you, my being on the Hill isn't for myself. Uh, I have three grown kids and I now have 10 grandkids and it really very much shapes my perspectives of everything that I do there because uh, your generation is really the generation now as well as going forward. So really appreciate every one of uh, our young conservatives that are engaging in politics. And that's exactly it. And we hope you enjoyed today's interview. That was a great way to end off on today's interview. You can look for more interviews coming soon. We have a great schedule lined up. Our schedule got shifted a little bit. We were supposed to have Carrie Lynn Finley as number 23, but we got a couple of more guests to fill in the little uh, gap of filming. So Kathy's 23 and we're going to have many more MPs and candidates and maybe some MPPs as well joining me. So look forward to those. Make sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at Ontario HS Cons for info about our next interview and for more great content. Make sure to look at our website at ontariohsconservatives.org so that you can learn about us, see our projects, and for more great content, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and click the notification bell so you never miss another video. So we thank you all for coming, and we hope to see you all soon.